Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott and Jeremy and Kristen Neidich are with me today. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Um, for the, Actually, for those of you who, man, I, I would assume that most of you know at this point, but both Jeremy and Kristen work on staff here um, at the church. And uh, why, why, why don't I just let you guys introduce yourself, kind of how you serve in your role at the church and how long you've you've been here. Yeah, um, this is Jeremy, in case anybody thought it might be Kristen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, do you, don't you love those, like, those, those radio interviews where like, you know, they interview somebody and, and you're interviewing two different people and like every single time that the person starts talking, they're like, thanks, this is Jeremy. You know, and you're like, no, 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 we, we, we know at this point. So anyways, but, thank uh, you, Jeremy, though, for starting us off, uh, get, making things clear. Um. Yeah, I work at the church. I'm the director of family ministries here at the church, and uh, I've been in that position for almost three years now. And um, yeah, we started coming to the church, and when when we moved here from back east, um, fall of 2014. Yeah, fall of two. Th- wow, it's been seven years almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we that we just our first week back here, we started coming to Cornerstone, and we've been here <laughs> ever since. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kristen and I have obviously been going to church since the same time Jeremy has. So fall 2014, but I work at the church as the communications coordinator. So um, all the emails, social media, things that get communicated from the church to you is usually done by me. And actually, this is not what this podcast is about, but I think we should announce that there's a new website coming. Yeah, that was a great time to talk about the new website yeah. that's coming. <laughs> There's a new church website that's coming in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying now? Yeah. All right. I mean, we're like home stretch. Yes, that is coming out in the coming weeks that has been designed and built by Kristen Neidich. She's yeah. been working hard on this for <laughs> months and months. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I can't wait for everybody to see it. It's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> it totally is. And you should say that. It totally it totally is. It's awesome. Easy to navigate. Um, lots of content will be on there for people to browse. So. Oh, I'm so excited for people to see that. Um, but that's not what the podcast is about, actually. As, <laughs> as fun as that would be. Um, I, we've been talking about, uh, over the last few months, sh- allowing people to share stories of what the last year has been like, how God's been working in the last year, over the last year in their lives. Um it's been quite a year for your family as well. Um, not just the pandemic, not just your roles on church staff and trying to navigate. And I mean, Jeremy, we could fill a whole podcast with <laughs> navigating children's ministry yeah. in a in a pandemic and and everything else there. Um, but while it's been a quite a year in um, in your family, because. During in the midst of all this, in the midst of this year, you had a foster placement, um, and so wh- why don't you just why don't we back up there and you just tell us a little bit about that story and how that all came about? Yeah, um, I'll kind of chime in first uh, because to be perfectly honest, I didn't want to do foster care. Mm. Like I, I, I was pretty much against the idea of us being foster parents. Um, mostly because actually solely because I was scared. Like I, 
I know how emotional I can be. And I knew just experiencing some of the, just seeing some of the other families' experiences in our church and um, whatnot, it, I, I saw what a roller coaster ride it was. And I honestly was not sure that um, I wanted to get on that roller coaster. Mm. <laughs> um, but also observing all the families at our church that do foster care and that have gotten um, adoptive placements and, and all that stuff, the Lord really started just working on my heart and chipping away at some of the the fears that I had and uh, unbeknownst to me. Mm. Um, and one day I was like, yeah, you know what? I, th- I think we can do this. I, I, I think, I think I, I want to do this. And, and so that was my um, kind of journey, even just leading into being okay with foster care. Okay. Um, being okay in the sense that we were going to be doing it. So, Okay, so before we get into the story of the last year, last year, then it, Kristen was was that what, what was that part of your journey like? What, like, did you were you guys on that that journey together? Were you wrestling through things differently? Yeah, it's interesting to see how the Lord uses us as individuals to accomplish. I think if both of us both of us were against it, I don't think it would have ever. God would have ever really had that challenge to kind of like work in our lives Mm. to bring us to this calling um, that he's given us. But for me, really, our church, I think, has done a great job of bringing awareness to the need for um, loving kids in the system, um, specifically in Los Angeles, and just how great the need is to love um, kids that he's created. Um, and who are coming from broken homes and broken situations. And, um, and so I think just through the church and understanding more and more the need. And I think the conversation between Jeremy and I really ignited when I was like, Hey, we have an extra bedroom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) how can we use, how, like, how can we use that extra bedroom? Um, I think, you know, we could use it to Mm. love kids in the city and, um, what that looks like through foster care more than just even being a CASA, Mm. um, worker. Mm. Yeah. It was so much. I I love that question, right? I love, I love both the question from God's providential, uh, provision in your lives and then saying, okay, wait, how can we use what we have and and God uses that to direct us. It makes me think of that the passage in First Timothy six where he says, you know, let the rich in this present age. Uh, he talks him about being content and not haughty, but then he uses the phrase, and I've I've talked about it before. I think even on the podcast, but he says, you know, let them be generous and ready to share. And that phrase, ready to share, just in so many different times in my life, just resonates and challenges me and pushes me forward. But I I love it because it it's the type of heart. Right? This is the type of the heart of Christ in us that looks at an extra bedroom during a certain season and goes, huh, wonder what the Lord would want us to do with that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's so crazy because it's not like, oh, like we have this big house, lots of space. No, like, let's just no. fill it. It's like, oh, we have a hundred square foot apartment. Uh-huh. And we just so happen to have an extra but bedroom. But a hundred of those. Is- <laughs> <laughs> we have an extra bedroom. Yeah. Like something could be done with yeah, it more than What can than we do just- with that? an office space for right now or a throw all mm. kind of catch all room. Interesting. Okay. So 
so that's some of the background over the last few years of this. Mm-hmm. And so then you went through the certification process. Got so when when were you finally certified? In May or June of last year? Uh, of 2020? Of 2020, yeah. yeah. Okay. Basically, when the pandemic hit, we were still in the process of becoming certified. And then when that happened, basically our uh, agency, our foster care agency that we worked through are like, hey, let's speed this up a bit. Mm. And so it was <laughs> like, okay, guess we're going through the entire process really fast now. Mm. So um, it was a few weeks I think really into the pandemic that it was like, we were finally done. Yeah. And I think some of it was because they could do it virtual. So Mm. they weren't having to travel to all the different locations and spacing out their appointments. They could do them back to back to back. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And then about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, a little, you got a call. A little less than a year ago. Well, we we got a, we got a couple calls. They they were calling Mm me. Um, which, and I wasn't picking up. So no, (laughs) (laughs) well, I get so much spam and I'm like, I guess I need to start answering all of these calls. Every single call. Yeah. And, uh, the first one we got, they're like, we have a baby. Like, are you guys willing? And I said, um, my wife's in the shower. Can I get back to you? And (laughs) let me talk to her first. And. I talked to her and Kristen's like, uh, yeah, let, yeah, I guess so. And, you know, when that moment hits, it's all of a sudden, every butterfly in the world is in your stomach mm. and it's so nerve wracking mm. and you're like, oh my goodness, is this about to actually happen? And so I told Kristen, we both agreed. And so I called them back 15 minutes later or so. And they're like, oh, they already found a placement for, for the baby. I'm like, oh, it goes that quick. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. That, and you had process. just gone through this like 15 minute. Yeah. 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 It's like Crazy going to thinking coaster. about, you know, your plans for the evening. You're like, what are we going to have for dinner? And it's like, oh, like we could have a newborn. Like, yeah. We could have a baby like just like and appear could, at our doorstep. Like, yeah. And then you're not thinking about what you have for dinner. Uh-huh. You're thinking about like the next, you know, few months, years, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And half an hour later, you're back to what are we having for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and then we got another call the next or later that night for oh. another baby and oh didn't hear anything over the weekend. And I called and they're like, Oh yeah, that, that baby found, we found a placement for that baby. And so I just realized at that point, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is not clean and cut <laughs> this process. Um, and we got the call for, for Alexa, um, about a week later. Something like that. Um, yeah, something yeah. like that. We got a call. We got a call for her on a Friday, and um, at about three o'clock, two thirty, mm-hmm. three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and she was at our doorstep at six o'clock that night um, with mm. all of her belongings in a plastic trash bag, which was really hard to see that a baby just showed up at your doorstep, mm. and everything that she has is in a plastic trash bag it was just Mm. kind of surreal and sad and you're kind of like oh this is this is a man this is messy already Mm -hmm. like it's it's tough so i know that that and i don't know if you want to pick up the story from there but that was uh it was it was quite the emotional day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean just i think the three hours was very like surreal it's like you don't really have anything once again, you're like thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. Mm. And then it's like, oh, we we have a baby that we have to care for. And, you know, we've we don't have any bio kids. So this is our first mm-hmm. baby, just like the two of us and um, just trying to 
navigate that aspect of it mm. <laughs> being usually you're like oh you have nine months to prepare to mm-hmm. like become become parents and it's like oh we have three hours <laughs> so um, yeah it was going to the going going to target getting thing baby things that and i you're like you're like they sell this you must need it right. so i should probably <laughs> well, have one and, of those and i didn't know what i was looking for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the baby section totally. at target because i've like never looking, walked in the baby section yeah at target. you're like looking at all the diapers you're like which size is she <laughs> yeah i had no, i didn't know diapers had number sizes or and I, I i was completely lost oh, yeah but. that was funny <laughs> okay so can, can you tell me a little bit about alexa love to um so when we got her we um found out that she was uh i believe six weeks premature five or six weeks premature she was born um and had been exposed to some things in the womb um and so they didn't really know what um you know how how she was going to be and and um i don't know just over time as we got to know her and as it, as she got to know us we kind of realized that she's like a very happy joyful little baby very content little girl um and uh, and this is also um uh, probably important to mention but we when when we got her um she didn't have a name mm-hmm. on her on her paperwork she was called baby girl Mm. And um, that was her name for almost two months. We we never we never got a name for her, um, and we kept asking, and they didn't have any record of her name. And um, I, that that was that was a little rough. Like you're starting to care and and love this baby, and 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 uh, you know, a name gives somebody identity, mm. and you you just want to love this baby and but you you don't even know her name and and we we weren't allowed to name her and um so yeah baby girl as she was known for the first couple months was um she i think one of the words that i used to describe her is she's she's a she's a fighter she's strong like um what she has overcome already in her little life is amazing to me um as as she was with us she um started doing really well on, on her assessments. And, um, yeah, she was just meeting a lot of the expectations that they weren't expecting her to meet, um, at a, at a quicker pace. And, but yeah, she's just, she was a fighter, but she was just such a, she is such a content and joyful little girl. Like, yeah. Yeah. She was not one to, to cry often. Um, so she was very, very happy and, sweet she she was a fighter and she had a lot of developmental delays that um she had to Mm -hmm. overcome just you know the little things you know tummy time and like trying to get her to lift her head up and um was fairly delayed and rolling over and us really working with her to try and help her meet those milestones that the doctors were wanting her to to hit and Mm -hmm. she did great powering through those mm-hmm. yeah so sweet and and i know that you both just enjoyed her so much um and and then as things proceeded through the summer and through the fall um 
I know your desire was to uh, to foster her, to adopt her, um, but as then the as here, can you tell us a little bit of how the hearings and everything, and kind of how the process played out over the summer and fall, and um, yeah, how there were I, I know some just kind of some surprises and things along the way uh, for you. Yeah, I think a word to describe it would be messy. <laughs> uh, very messy, yeah. um, very much a roller coaster. Um, you would think that they would kind of have somewhat of an idea in mind and communicate it to us, like what the process would be like, but it would ultimately come across like one week it's this, the next week it's the opposite. Mm. So, you know, when she arrived to us we were told that she had no like family and that um it was looking like it was going to be more of an adoptive case Mm -hmm. and so we were like okay like preparing ourselves for that like falling in love with her like over the weekend and um kind of having those set expectations that this was going to be a long-term placement Mm -hmm. and then um after the weekend was over we were told, actually, she does have family. Um, she has siblings, and she's probably only going to be with you for two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, okay, like adjusting those like mm-hmm. things that you dream up over like the mm-hmm. span of three days, and adjusting that to being a two to three week time frame. And then two to three of the weeks go by, and we hear nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nothing at all. And then those two to three weeks ultimately turn into a few months of just not hearing anything. Mm. Um, And um, yeah. And so you, you don't really know what to expect during that time. You're just kind of like enjoying her and kind of going through the, um, the process of just waiting. Mm. Um, Then feel free to jump in if I'm missing something. (laughs) Um, Well, besides the waiting, also just learning what it means to be a parent and Mm. how to love Mm. somebody unconditionally. And for me, the the learning aspect was rough because I, I had no idea what I was doing with a baby. (laughs) Kristen and I were taking shifts overnight every, every night, like we'd rotate shifts um, to just, you know, make sure she fed and, and whatnot. And there was times where I couldn't get her to stop crying in the early weeks. And I would like have her down on the the floor or, or on the couch or whatever. And I like would look at her and throw my hands up and literally tell her out loud, I don't know what you want. I'm sorry. Mm. Like I, I just, I had no idea what I was doing, but like you learn. And, and so that was part of the process too, of, of, of waiting <laughs> is also learning a lot in a very, like in a crash course uh, mm. type of way, but. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then um, end of September, uh, we went to go. Oh, before that, actually, we had she had a court hearing where um, because it was pandemic time, everything's done over like phone. Mm-hmm. So like we call into court um, kind of just listening to a bunch of legal jargon, trying to piece out yeah. what exactly they're saying <laughs> is going is going on. Um, but essentially, we found out that there was a family member and she did want to pursue um, getting, having Alexa placed in her care. And um, the idea from that point was that they were going to start visitations um, 
with her to start moving on the process of reunification uh, with that family member. And so we were waiting a few weeks to kind of hear about when those visitations would start and we never heard anything. Mm. And so we were like, okay, I guess we're going to go visit my family in Arkansas. And and through all of that too, we had, we had heard that um, part of the, some, some of the reasoning was um, there were some concerns with this particular family member that they wanted to address. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was pretty much the extent of it. They didn't, they didn't get into detail of what those concerns were, which mm-hmm. will play into the visitation process later on. Mm. Yeah. So we go on this like three day, four night road trip with a four month old uh-huh. <laughs> stopping every two hours uh-huh. to give her an hour of feeding, changing playtime, then back in the car seat and uh-huh. did that for like three days <laughs> uh, to go see my family so that they can meet her and get to, you know, get to know her and just like enjoy, yeah, enjoy her. Which was really sweet. It yeah. was very, um, it, it was special for, for her family to be able to meet Alexa and to spend time with her um, and for Alexa to like spend time with them. And um, because unbeknownst to us at that time, like it wasn't going to be um, a long lasting mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, so. and it was really mm. sweet too, because she had a ton of milestones all at once there. Like mm. she lifted her head for the first time. She was able to roll over for the first time there. And so that was really sweet to mm. be able to experience that with my family. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, while, while we were actually in Arkansas, um, where Kristen's family lives, uh, we got a call, um, from our worker, our social worker who was telling us they wanted us to start filling out paperwork for like who we would have next of kin in, in case, you know, like mm-hmm. if this continued towards us keeping her. Um, and so Kristen and I had actually started having those conversations and everything was pointing towards, it seemed like this was going to be a longer, a longer relationship that we were going to have and mm-hmm. possibly like for a lifetime. And, um, and so we, you know, we tried to temper our expectations, but at the same time, move forward with the process. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. specifically being because there had been no progression towards visitations. And so it was like, okay, well this doesn't look good on this family member's part because the court said you guys could start visitations and there has been no No effort, no effort. So it doesn't look great. Um, for that reason. So, so I, I, I want to, you know, continue the story in a sense, but I actually want to stop and just ask you a little bit about what your relationship with the Lord was like in this kind of unknown and, um, yeah, like how, how are you walking through this with him? I can speak for me yeah. that it was probably hands down one of the sweetest seasons that I've had mm. with the Lord. Um, just such a closeness Mm. to him and such a peace with him throughout, not to say that like, you know, I didn't, I never had anxiety (laughs) or it never affected me emotionally, but there was just something about clinging to his character in that season and just truly rooting yourself. And like, God is always good. His plan is always perfect. And he has a perfect, beautiful plan for this little girl's life. Mm. And we trust that he will not let 
you know, he's not going to let humans make the decision over her life. Like he's the one Mm. orchestrating it. And so I think those two truths of like, God is always good. He is always perfect. And his plan is always for our good. Mm. I think was just such a comfort. Um, And just something I just repeated to myself over and over and over again, Mm. um, especially in the valleys. Yeah. I I echo that a hundred percent. I think, um, and Kristen and I had probably almost daily conversations about the character of God, um, about his goodness, about his sovereignty. Um, mind you, all of this in the middle of a pandemic where there's so yeah. much lament and suffering going on around us and in our world and the, and all of the, the social issues that were, that were, um, and still are, you know, mm-hmm. issues in our world. Um, and it, I was amazed at, how much um, a lot of the the valleys, like Kristen said, were um, just opportunities for faith and for trust. Uh, not trust in the sense that everything's going to turn out like a fairy tale and for our good. Um, mm. Well, it will turn out for our good, but like good in the sense of like, the way we're we going to be it. happy with the, yeah. way, the, the way that we want it to turn out. Um, just really having to trust in, uh, the Lord and his promises and his character and also understanding that, um, just no matter what happened, uh, he was, he was sovereign and that we could trust in that. And Mm -hmm. that, um, and I, I was also just amazed at how much. I, um, I don't want to say this. It, my biggest concern became her salvation. Like Mm. from the moment we got her every single night, I would pray, Lord, you know, bring someone into her life. If it's not us Mm. that will live out the gospel for her, we'll share the gospel with her and Lord prepare her heart to receive it. Um, and, I I pray I still pray every single night for her that she that God would be would use her as a vessel for for His glory, mm. and that she would do like extraordinary things for the Lord that that I would never even dream would happen. So mm. that that was also an aspect of my relationship with the Lord is understanding how sweet and lovely His salvation is and how much I want that for Alexa. Mm. Um, so that was also part of my spiritual processing through it all too, was just desiring that, like I've never desired anything else before mm. and still, still, you know, desiring it for her. Mm. Yeah. And I, I would also say too, that just together that we have never prayed more together than mm. during that season. Um, and just like Jeremy mentioned earlier, just the daily conversations of talking about, God's character and who he is and rooting ourselves daily in those promises and in those truths. It was the only way to stay emotionally sane Mm. (laughs) was Mm. just because it was just so, so much of it was unknown. Mm. Um, That was the other thing is, is you realize very quickly that what you think you have control over, you don't have control over whatsoever. Um, And 
you desire things and want things that may not happen. And so that's where I was talking about God's sovereignty. It's just we had zero control over the process of this. And we had to completely rely on the fact that, like Kristen said, that God was perfect and good and he had a perfect plan for for her life. And to know that he loves and cares for her far, far more than we ever could. Mm. And and mm-hmm. not only knowing that, but believing that. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a very humbling experience. And I would go as far to say it's how I survived. Mm. Like mm-hmm. that whole season. Yeah. Like yeah. it's how I survived. Mm. So I think there's so many twists and turns to that entire season uh, that we, 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 we couldn't yeah. even begin to summarize <laughs> in an hour. Um, but I appreciate seeing that, just that, that, that reminder of the Lord as your rock, as your fortress that I think sometimes it's easy to talk about, but in the midst, like it's, it's the reality that doesn't only make us survive, but actually gives us hope and enjoyment in the midst. And I, and I know that just, I know having seen that in you, it was such a joy and comfort. I, I, I kept feeling like powerless to even like know, know what to say or what to do or how to serve you and to see the Lord just like, you know, through people at different times, but really ultimately in him um, was doing things that you couldn't create that nobody could offer to you other than him in such a sweet way. Yeah. I also would say too, that, um, I, I, I don't think I, and we talked about this too amongst each other, but, um, I don't think I've ever felt more encouraged and loved by a church family than I did during that season. Um, just the, the constant, uh, that sounds weird. I was gonna say the constant questions, it was a good thing. like it makes it sound like a, it was a bad thing. It was a great thing. Um, just uh, people praying for us and people coming up to us and saying like, "Oh, I prayed for you. I prayed for Alexa." Like the love that when we brought Alexa to church, the people that like just swarmed to see her and and but yeah, it was just uh, I never have felt encouraged or loved by a church family like I did during that season. And mm. um, it it that that was a way another way that God was. Um, comforting us and giving us hope throughout all of the the ups and downs. And even to like remembering like this was a pandemic, like we mm-hmm. didn't see mm-hmm. anybody. So like yeah. our church family was so intentional about reaching out to us um, and asking how we are doing, asking how she's doing, tell, just to yeah. saying like, hey, I'm praying for you. Like, Bring us food. Yeah, like, just the the intentionality that our church family had to be during that season towards us when they couldn't see us was Mm. just so sweet. Mm. So thank you. (laughs) So, so like I said, we, we do have to fast forward through (laughs) lots of twists and turns in the midst, but what, when did you begin to really know that Alexa wasn't going to be with you long-term? That, that we were talking about that last night, that it's, it's kind of complicated because of just the different steps in the process. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, for me, I think it, it, it became a little bit more of reality when we started having to do actual visitations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the visitations got amped up very quickly. Um, the frequency of them, mm -hmm. the length of them. Um, and yeah, it, and to be honest, even when, even the day she left, we weren't expecting it to happen that day. Um, mm -hmm. we, because of things that. we'd been told. Um, yeah. so, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think when the visitations amped up and then kind of towards the holidays, they were starting to say that, oh, this is probably going to happen. And we're like, okay, then that, that we're not expecting mm. anything to change, but we know that it could because of everything else that's changed. Yeah. I would say it was a gradual process and probably happened at different times for both mm. Jeremy and I. But I think when they started mentioning uh, doing overnight visits, that's mm. when I kind of knew. Yeah. Um, because every time we've talked to them before, they're like, we're doing these visitations, but we have concerns. So mm. it was like always with the qualifier of like, but mm. we have concerns and never knowing what those concerns are. Mm -hmm. So you don't know if it's as big it's as like, or, yeah. or mm -hmm. something like super small. Like they just want her to like have a new like space for her or something yeah. like that. So we just, we never knew what the concerns were. So mm -hmm. I think that's what made it hard to never know when exactly um, things changed. Mm -hmm. And then one day you got a call. Well, um, the yeah the visitations were were i mean there's a whole story there but but um we actually leading up to the her last court date that we were a part of um we actually got a call saying that this was our two week notice mm. uh that she would be leaving in two weeks they wanted us to have that two weeks to prepare emotionally mm -hmm. um only to get a call the very next day saying Oh, we're, we're, we're rescinding the two week notice. Mm. And it's like, okay. Uh, and, um, and then, but that was about two weeks before her court hearing and her court hearing happened to fall on Kristen's birthday, of course. And, uh, and leading up to that court date, we were being told that there was a team, um, that was handling her case, social like workers, 12, yeah. 12 people, different mm -hmm. social workers, yeah. her attorneys, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we were being told that, uh, yes, she was going to be going to her bio family, but they want it to be a longer process because they still had some concerns. Yeah. And so this particular court hearing, we were told that uh, DCFS was presenting to the judge that um, they wanted to start the transition process back to uh, the bio family. So mm -hmm. that was like expectation going into this court yeah hearing. she was supposed to have her first overnight that night actually we hadn't done any overnights yet and um and so we're listening to the this the her hearing started about 11 30 11 45 that day and we're listening on the phone and all of a sudden the attorney like ha had said you know we don't the the we don't understand why this is taking so long um let's transition like we don't see any reason why it shouldn't be immediate and the judge agreed and ordered her to be um, handed over that day. Um, and so it went from expecting this to be drug out for quite a while, you know, at least a couple more months to, oh, we have to pack up her clothes, her toys, her books, her bot, like everything. We have to pack everything up and make phone calls to our parents so they could say bye on FaceTime. And about three hours after that court hearing ended, 
she was gone. So mm-hmm. it, it happened so quick. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it was unexpected. Um, we knew that it, there was a possibility, but the way it had been presented to us, that is that it, we shouldn't expect it to go down that way, but mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it was, a. It was like so surreal just listening on the phone, like hearing DCFS like mm. present their case to the judge. And then at the very end, you know, Alexa's attorney being like, actually, I disagree. And this is what I present. And the judge being like, yep, I agree with you. Hmm. Like yeah. meeting adjourned. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, waiting to hear back from the county social worker. And because we were planning on doing a visitation that night, they were like, Oh, do you, do you guys just want to go ahead and take her to that? And that kind of be your last, like your last meeting. And I was like, no, (laughs) I I was like, I can't, I was like, I can't do that. I, I don't want my emotions to overcome me and distract for the happiness that I feel for her family and getting Mm -hmm. after all this time of only getting to see her twice a week for six Mm -hmm. hours a day to like be so sad for myself to distract from like their happiness and Mm -hmm. their reunification and not wanting my emotions to be confused that are confusing to them. Like, Mm -hmm. aren't you supposed to be happy like Mm -hmm. for us? And so um, we have a great, social worker through Quinnia who graciously drove out to our place and um picked her up picked her up to take her there but yeah um and, and we also found out that morning at the court hearing that um she was actually mistakenly removed from this bio family's care in the first place and mm. given to us mm. um and it helped explain a lot of the distrust that we felt from the bio family during visitations. Mm. Um, and it just made me really feel for them as well. Um, as, as painful as it was for us, Kristen and I talked about how painful it must've been for them having to receive her for six hours, twice mm. a week, and then bring her back, um, and relinquish her again to our care. Um, and again, unbeknownst to us, we didn't know what, what the issues were, we didn't know that she was with them in the first place um, until later on in the process. We didn't know that she was mistakenly removed from their care because she didn't have a social worker um, at mm. that time. And it, she kind of slipped through the cracks and wasn't assigned a social worker till a few weeks into us having her. So it, it was just a, an extremely messy process. But like Kristen said, we, we also did not want to get in the way of, we didn't want it to at all be about us in, mm. in, in the, the handing over of Alexa. Um, and so, yeah, our, our coin worker was extremely gracious to come last minute and, and take her. Mm. And that, that, that was a really, really hard, <laughs> hard experience. Yeah. It's one of those experiences that I'll probably remember for like the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was such a, um, I, I just, it brought me back to like the story of Moses and his mom mm. placing three month old Moses, like in a basket and like leaving him in the reeds. 
Mm. And I just in that moment, it just felt like, God, I, I'm, I'm giving over this child into your care. And I have no idea what's going to happen to her or her life. And I'm just going to put her in this car seat and watch her drive away. Like, you know, it's like a two-door car, you know, Mm -hmm. car seats are turned facing the back. And so Mm -hmm. placing her in the car seat and just telling her how much Jeremy and I loved her and, um, you know, just handing her her favorite toys in the car Mm -hmm. seat and Mm -hmm. just walking up to partway through the staircase and watching her drive down the alley, like seeing her in the car. Till we couldn't see her anymore. Yeah, till we couldn't see her anymore. And it was like just knowing that that's the last time we would ever see her is Mm -hmm. just one of those moments that it was putting her in the car and just treating her like Moses or like Isaac and Mm -hmm. just entrusting her, giving her up to the Lord, Mm -hmm. not, and not knowing. So definitely one of the hardest and, um, something that I'll remember Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. I, I think, um, and to even kind of bring it back to, to how the Lord was working through all of this, um, we had been praying diligently for the social workers involved in her case, for the judge, for the attorneys. We had been asking the Lord to to give them wisdom and to 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 truly seek what was best for Alexa in all of this, not not what was best for us, not what was best for the bio family, but what was truly best for Alexa. And we prayed and prayed and prayed about that. And, um, you know, the decision came and both Kristen and I, we, we agreed that even though it, it was pain, the, the, the outcome was painful for us and it wasn't what we would have ever chosen. The Lord was still faithful to answer our prayers, Mm. um, that, what happened, like we trust, again, it brings it back to the trust of trusting that the Lord was acting on her behalf and w- and heard our prayers and answered our prayers. And to, to, to understand that the Lord answered our prayers, despite it not working in our favor, was so comforting um, to know that the, our circumstances and our emotions and our thoughts are not the Lord's and to trust that he was still doing what he had planned to do all along and that he listened, he heard our prayers and he answered Mm -hmm. them. Um, And it just brought tremendous joy and comfort for both of us in, in, in that, like it it still hurt. Like uh, I cry multiple times a week still to this day. And, and, that pain is still there and it's very real, but it, it's, it's in the, it's in the right place. Like it's, Mm. it's in the, it's proper perspective. Mm. Yeah. And even in the midst of mistakes, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of, I'm sure I know a lot of questions about like, wait, what, why did it pan out this way to, to see the Lord's, I mean, it's, it, it's one thing to cling to him in the unknown, mm-hmm. right? In the uncertainty, it's another to cling in the midst of the certainty. Um, when the certainty is, it can be so discouraging and painful. And 
that has been, I mean, I, it's not just a testimony of, and I know so many people, even so many people listening to this, it's not just a testimony of this moment. That's been a testimony that so many of us have had the privilege of getting to witness um, as the Lord has brought that out in your lives and your hearts. And just so thankful to him for the ways that he's demonstrated that in, in ways that we, we couldn't ever put together ourselves. Yeah. What? I think sometimes whether it's people listening, whether it's friends or even just people around you, I think sometimes people would hear a story like that and be like, what, why would you put yourself through that? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like why? Like they look at me like, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's why this, that's why I could never do that. Or that's why this isn't a good idea. Right? Like that. Uh, it, it is messy and, and people make mistakes. I mean, that's what I was and, fearful of. Yeah. Prior. In the first place. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. like, look, look, my fears were, were like, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I was right to be afraid yeah. of this. Uh, what, what would you say to someone who asked you what, why would you put yourself through that? I mean, the closeness to the Lord is just something that unless you've ex- like truly experienced what it feels like to, well, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, how people are like, oh, like summer camp, like you feel mm-hmm. on fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's a closeness that God reveals himself to mm-hmm. you and the overwhelming comfort and peace. And so even though the situations are hard, you're not doing it in your own strength. And it's not because Jeremy and I are special and we have this supernatural strength that, you know, we just gear up in ourselves. Like God Mm. pursues you in those seasons and provides the strength to, to walk through it with Mm. him together. And he reveals just this deepness about his character and his love and, um, his perspective on like the world and for, um, humanity. And so I, that's a little less like tangible, but mm. I just, there's something to have walked through something, a hard season with the Lord's strength. That's just so sweet. Yeah. I, uh, there's, yeah. Like Kristen said, there's definitely some tangible reasons, uh, you know, one, just the need. Yeah. I think there's over 30,000 mm. foster kids in LA County alone. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the system was definitely broken, but aside from that, our world is broken mm. and these kids are put in this position, not because of a broken system, but because of a fallen world and, and because of suffering and, and mm. sin and stuff. So, so those are definitely tangible reasons to do it. But I, I agree with Kristen. I, I, I think the the relational aspect of, of my relationship with the Lord is overwhelmingly different than I ever would have experienced. Um, we were meeting with our life group boys, um, Mm. back in shortly after this happened, maybe, maybe like January, February. Um, and you know, we're, we're, we were nearing a, a year into the pandemic pandemic at that point. And, um, we've been walking through the book of John with our middle school and high school boys. And, uh, we had gotten that week to, um, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Mm. And, uh, 
the boys had been sharing just how tough it's been this year in the pandemic and, you know, not being able to go to school not being able to see their friends regularly, um, especially at that age, you know, it's tough. And, and um, so we were just letting them like talk on that, but we were reading the story about Lazarus and um, something struck me in that story um, that Mary and Martha had sent servants to Jesus, who's, you know, in another mm-hmm. town to tell him that Lazarus was sick. And then the very next word say, two days later, Jesus went and I'm like, whoa, like Jesus could have spoken and healed Lazarus right then. Jesus could have gone immediately, but it, it said that Jesus went two days later. Mm. And um, obviously by the time he got there, Lazarus had passed and everybody was crying and everybody was sad. So it was Jesus. He wept. And, but then he raised him from the dead and it struck me that Jesus could have done those other things to prevent Lazarus from dying, but he also knew that they would not have experienced his power in such a mighty way if he had just done that. Like him raising Lazarus mm-hmm. from the dead was an even greater thing than just healing him. Mm-hmm. And um, and just, I, I told our boys, I'm like, you know, this has been a really tough year, like pandemic and with um, all of the issues in our world. And And I said, and you know, me and Kristen were going through a really tough season too, like with, with Alexa and losing her and how painful that's been. And, um, and I, I had cried in front of them even a few times. And so, so they, so they knew like how painful it was for us. Um, but I said, you know, we experienced the power of the Lord in our lives in a way that we never would have experienced if we didn't take this journey. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't give any of the paint up f- for that. Like mm. it, it made it all worth it to, to know the Lord in a way that I had never known him before and experienced him before um, was something that made it. And, and aside from the fact that the relationship that, that, that love that we have for Alexa and that Alexa had for us made it worth it as well. Mm. But I mean, nothing outweighs the, the power and the, the love and the comfort and the hope that the Lord provided for us in our season of lament and in our season of struggle. And to be, even to be able to share that with our middle school and life school, middle school and high school boys was, was really special for me because, you know, I, I, and I don't know, they might've went and played a video game after that, but, (laughs) but, uh, but like just because they did doesn't mean it didn't actually leave an impact. <laughs> yeah, no, it it, it 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 was really cool yeah. to share that with them and to it, even over the course of that the whole process to walk through it with kids who that's not on their mind right now, you know. Mm-hmm. But but to testify to the Lord and His power and His character is is something that can't be matched. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. So. It's been quite a year. <laughs> there was quite a difficult, unique, messy situation. Um, are you going to continue to pursue foster adoption still? And uh, if so, why? Yeah, so um, we are still, we just got reapproved for another year of being certified foster parents. Mm. Um, and 
I think it's also really important to just remember that just in general, like when stepping into foster care, like the goal of fostering is reunification. Yeah. And then when reunification isn't yeah. possible, like, are we willing to ex like to open our home yeah. for permanent placement through adoption? So um, we are um, still pursuing foster care. And then um, if the Lord wants us to or if it's not possible for that child to be reunified or they have no other like extended family, then we are open and willing for, um, with, with joy, mm. <laughs> um, adoption, uh, through foster care and willing for that. But, um, yeah, we are, we've been on hold for since Alexa left, mm -hmm. um, just to give us time to grieve, mm -hmm. um, and process, process the emotions and, um, just get, kind of going through a season of rest, I think, is important, too. Like, God gives us really hard seasons and then um, gives us seasons of rest. And so we've kind of been through a season of rest. And, um, yeah. Do you want to go? No, <laughs> no yeah. I, 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 yeah. We, well, I was just thinking about, yeah, we we had prayed and we prayed about it and, and talked about it and felt that you know, in June, mid June, uh, late June, we would go back on, on the call list. Uh, um, <laughs> but the past two weeks, all of a sudden we've been getting all of these opportunities presented to us. And you're like, I'm not on the list yet. Yeah, How'd like, you get my number? Yeah. I talked, I talked to Brian about and Brian's like, it's the no call list. Like, <laughs> but, but uh, so, and Kristen and I were, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago about whether or not we should go back on earlier than June. And I'm like, you know, we prayed about it. And if the Lord wants to like open up an opportunity before then, then he will. Like, we mm. don't think we need to pursue it. <laughs> of course, all of a sudden <laughs> there's just been all these phone calls, which none of them have panned out yet and uh, we're okay. But we've said yes to pretty much all of them that we, that we could. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we're, we're ready to take that journey again and, and see where the Lord leads and, trust in, in him through that process again. Mm. Yeah. And I will say it's been tougher. I think it is a little tougher knowing what we know now to be like, yes, like, okay, I guess we're going to walk, walk through mm. and open ourselves up to like another really hard season. But once again, I think just rooting yourself in the character of God and knowing who he is and what he's called us to, mm -hmm. we know that he will fulfill, mm -hmm. um, his promises to us and it's in not, that season. Yeah. And it's not as uh, simple, I think, as we're maybe making it sound, because there's definitely times where I'm alone with my thoughts and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this was the hardest thing I've ever had to experience. And I'm like willingly like walking towards that again. But then the Lord just kind of reminds you like that his, his strength is sufficient Mm. And and in the moment yeah. when you get the call, it's like, how could we say no to this mm -hmm. child mm. who's alone in a hospital mm. yeah. with no one? Like, mm. how can how can you say no, knowing that there's a that child is on the other end, like yeah. needing somebody mm -hmm. to just hold them and to love them and to care for their basic needs and their emotional needs? Yeah. And we're we can provide that for them. Mm. So. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for your faithfulness. I just, it, it has been such a testimony to God's power to, I mean, I know you're, you're both different people than you were last year. Mm, that's right. For sure. Yeah. Like the Lord is working, is changing, is transforming in, in, in so many beautiful ways, ways that we, we couldn't even begin to, you know, capture in just an hour like this. But um, at the same time, he continues to show himself so faithful, so glorious, so good, and so powerful in each each little season. And I just, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for putting yourselves in the position to uh, allow him to both use you and also shine that glory in so many ways um, through you. It's been a privilege to get to walk in little ways and get to see that uh, over the last year and over the last number of years, right? As he continues to unfold all sorts of different ways of your stories. And I also want to just, I just want to thank you both as a parent of uh, kids that are invested in by you, um, whether it's as a junior church teacher or just, or in the life groups. Um, I, I know that your choice to lead life groups, your choice to invest in the kids and your choice to foster, but pour forth from the same heart, but aren't necessarily related, but they're also powerful ways that the Lord is redeeming the fallen messiness that you step into by demonstrating that his power and his goodness, both to you, to our church family generally, and to um, these kids, these kids in, in my household, that it is such a, a privilege to get to talk with them about what they see, hear their prayers for you, hear their prayers for Alexa um, and continue. And, 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 for those of you listening, I would just ask you to also, would you just continue to be praying for Jeremy and Kristen? <laughs> would you continue to be praying for this next season in their lives? Would you continue to be praying for all of the families in our church that are involved in so many different ways in the foster care system? I This is an ongoing journey with ongoing uh, unknowns and difficulties and pains. I, uh, In different ways, in different stories, I shed fresh tears this last week. Uh, because these stories are still unfolding in many painful ways. And we'd be praying for the kids in our city and that the Lord would use us in just small ways, uh, but significant ways to be a part of his love, to be a part of his hands and his feet in our city for um, the kids that do desperately need uh, that as well. So, yeah. And I would also add to that, like asking those and praying for those, um, all those things, but even listening to what God might be calling you, mm. um, to take a part in, mm. in answering those prayers, mm -hmm. whether that being looking at an empty bedroom and being mm. like, what, what could we use this bedroom for God's glory or, mm. um, being the one who intentionally reaches out, um, to the families in our church body, um, mm. and how they can help love and serve, um, the kids yeah absolutely absolutely well thank you guys Th thanks for opening up your hearts and sharing this part of this of your story with all of us um and and, and for just another reminder that the, the last year i mean we barely even talked about the pandemic and everything else going on this year which really provided the backdrop but uh to this story but 
it wasn't the most significant thing going on in your, in your home this year. Um, and, and we see that over and over, right? That the Lord's been working this year in all sorts of ways. And it's just such an encouragement to get to a, a glimpse of how that has played out uh, in your lives, in your family, in your home this past year. So thanks for sharing that piece of uh, yourselves with all of us and everybody else. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of this family with us. Thanks for praying and, uh, and for doing the, the little things and the big things uh, that are the ways the Lord's leading you to be a part of these stories and the unfolding story of his body, his family here in our city. Um, and thanks for listening. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday.